Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to the latest episode of Biblical Escapes and Destruction. Today, I've got the great pleasure of being joined by artist photographer Marianthe Linus. Good evening, Marianthe. Morning and or evening, rather, you and it's uh, lovely for you to invite me here. Yeah, beautiful sunny evening here, and, and up with you as well, I believe. Yes, it's quite nice up in Glasgow. It's certainly dry and it's warmer than it has been, so um, that's always a good thing. Um, yep, lovely to have you here, and thank you very much for giving up some of your time this evening. Obviously, we're here to talk about your latest published book or your first published book because obviously you've made a lot of handmade books yourself see signatures but before we get into talking about your book uh, it would be great of you to give everyone a, an introduction to to your background to your photography and your art okay thank you i say and just to reiterate thanks very much for inviting me on and, and also thanks for for all the sort of you know, for bibliescapes itself and the, and the resources that you're providing to everybody it really is a you know sort of fantastic um sort of thing that you do really so yeah a bit of um sort of background about myself i'm a um, photographer and artist um sort of based up in um based in northwest uk northwest england um and sort of working um, sort of using a, a camera um for the past 16 years or so really yep. um, mainly digital although there was a brief foray into medium format film at one stage um, which I kind of left behind um, yep. <laughs> within a few months to be honest um, so so sort of 16 years or so of using a, a camera in some shape or form but really in the past sort of six years or so quite a dramatic shift away from um, using the camera to work with primarily cameraless photographic techniques, mainly um, cyanotype, specifically yep. cyanotype, which is kind of what the, um, the content of the book really. Um, and I also have, you know, a big love of, of photo books, particular interest in the, the handmade um, photo books really, and spent considerable time again over the past sort of five or six years, years really sort of learning the art of book binding and producing as a result of that my own sort of handcrafted um, photo books from my work really so um, sort of that's what I do and, and say I, I sort of live um, right at the tip of the Wirral Peninsula in, in northwest England sort of sandwiched between you know sort of big city and the north yeah. Wales um, <coughs> sort of hills really and literally live a stone's throw you know sort of 50 100 yards um from from a wide open beach and the and the vast expanses of sand um the sort of estuary tidal islands yep. that that are formed at the mouth of the sort of de-estuary and that northwest coast all the way up to sort of southport really so much of my inspiration um over the whole time i've been photographing and then latterly with the, the stereotypes really comes from living so close, at, you know, to the beach, to the, to, to the ver living at yeah. the very edges of the land, really, and that sort of literal landscape, L-I-T-T-O-R-A-L, that, that literal landscape and um, that uh, the sort of transient beauty of, of the, the sort of tidal changes, um, the ebb and flow, constantly changing landscape. I mean, I guess if I, if I lived next to a big old mountain or in the middle of woods, I would be inspired by that location particularly I think it's where if you're into landscape as I'm sure you've sort of discovered talking to you know sort of many photographers over the past couple of years if we're into landscape it's kind of maybe where we either where we live or we're drawn to that really you know sort of inspires us most creatively really yeah. and for me it's it's the coastal edges I was 
born and brought up um, actually a mile down the road. Couldn't wait to get away at 18, as you do. <laughs> um, went on to um, sort of work and live um, actually in some of the coastal locations, but worked all around Europe, worked yep. for a large multinational company until eventually I kind of burnt out really um, and came back up here probably, I mean, I was going to say not that long ago, but it's probably about 20 years ago. Yeah, um, so right. I left for a long time and then came back to my, to the place of, of my sort of upbringing, really. So I have a really deep connection with this estuary, with these sands, yeah. with the tidal islands, with the place that I live in, deeply rooted in childhood memories. And now obviously, you know, sort of new experiences of being out on the, the sands, which I walk daily and I have a kind of intimate knowledge really of you know the tides and the tidal channels and the ebb and the flow and and you know all of those kind of you know um, connections I guess with that landscape I feel very strongly about yeah. really um, so all my inspiration for the vast majority of the time I've been photographing has come from um, the coast um, yeah. and um, yeah or or else sort of other you know, drawn to other edge lands, as it was. Yeah, I'm not always absolutely. based on the Wirral, although a lot of my work is um, yeah. sort of, you know, local. Um, but basically um, sort of drawn to other communities, other landscapes that are um, sort of coastal, cool. really. I look yeah. out of my window sort of north-northwest towards the, well, the Western Isles, the Scottish Islands up to Iceland, absolutely. Greenland migratory birds visit us yes. thousands upon thousands each year to come to our big old beach here um, and they come from Scotland from Scandinavia from Iceland from Greenland so there's kind of connections in terms of cool. nature and um, and you know those sort of migratory yeah. patterns as it were so if I travel I tend to go to those sort of places where I feel you know a connection connected by birds maybe yeah, um, absolutely so yeah, so um, so so that's the, the the sort of landscape that inspires me most, and and in terms of the work that I um, have sort of created or felt compelled to con to create over all of the years, I would say initially it was very much representational landscape photography that I was okay. um, sort of initially drawn to. Maybe that's kind of quite a um, a usual thing. Maybe when you sort of first pick up the camera, oh, if you're interested in landscape, is, yeah. you you've photograph that kind of wider view that pictorial view perhaps um so I certainly did that for the first few years um and almost kind of by accident really rather than um, any grand plan um found that there was a local market for um some of the images that I was producing the I was sort of making work to in terms of motivation to kind of put on my own wall initially, something I was pleased with, I could maybe put on the wall, not with any intention to sell, but um, at perhaps some point, people were kind of quite liked what I was doing and, and a very gradual process of um, becoming more um, sort of selling work, um, doing art fairs, representation yeah. by galleries, etc. cetera. Um, but what I found over a period of doing that for about sort of 10 years or so was that um, I ended up, um, sort of running out of steam completely yes. creatively yep. and, had, and had sort of moved on in my head maybe much sooner than I moved on in terms of um, sort of making different type of work really so I've sort of found myself probably about six years ago it was so maybe sort of 10 years into photographing um, 
found myself um, sort of in a, a real sort of creative block, um, almost at a stage where I was thinking of sort of giving up photography completely, okay, really, because I felt I was on a, a little bit of a um, sort of commercial treadmill um, press. And, you know, I'd sort of learned my process, as it were. So yes. um, in terms of yep. that workflow from camera to screen, digitally, yeah. obviously, to then print, doing all my printing and then, you know, out to, you know, galleries or commercial clients or commissions or what have you. But I felt that I wasn't really learning anything new, that I had the process, you know, sort of well honed for, for yes, the, the yeah. job that I was doing, as it were, yes, yeah. um, and that sort of need, but that it was not stretching me at all. Uh, and um, just sort of I came up against a, a complete sort of creative block and brick brick wall, and really just didn't want to do that anymore, um, ran out of steam, essentially. So um, essentially started to look at different ways of representing my local landscape and kind of, you know, run out of steam creatively. How do you continue to, to visually represent something that's very, very dear to you? But um, in you know you're sort of repeating yourself all yeah, the time. Abso- yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you need you need to kind of keep the creative juices flowing and and push yeah. yourself in in new directions and try some different things to to just to keep things fresh. I think. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And that kind of, I felt like I wasn't learning anything. You know, I wasn't pushing myself. I was you know there was a lot of sort of repetition, not literally creating the same image, but the yep. same type of image. Yes. Yep. Um, and I was I certainly didn't feel as if I was learning anything. I just wasn't feeling it anymore. And yeah. for any of us who are follow any kind of creative path, you've got to feel it. it doesn't matter what. It's nice to get lovely reactions from other people, whether it's social media or people buying your work or what have you. But if you don't feel it yourself, then you know what's the what's the point really? So so I wasn't feeling it at all, and really felt like I'd um, yeah sort of <laughs> run out of uh, run out of inspiration, run out of steam. So something had to change. Yeah. Um, and uh, so this was back in. Uh, 2016 ish uh, and at that point say so there was no cameraless photography there was no handmade books I don't think I, I think I'd maybe bought a few photo books or then so I was certainly interested in photo books and I was buying a few so I'd sort of talk about those at the end maybe um, but in terms of me thinking of making my own or putting together bodies of work that didn't come until I say about 2016 so maybe you know 10 11 years into Two. that yeah, photography sort of using the camera and you know mainly sort of digital as it were um so in terms of the so sort of almost two different directions that I kind of um went in really in terms of the very very precise making of the handmade books yeah. as it were and then the very immersive um high failure rate if you want to call it that very elemental very um prone to kind of chance and um waiting to see what happens and the landscape involved and the whole cyanotype thing yeah which you know is very very different and a real challenge to my perfectionist nature really so it was kind of two different two very yeah. different strands going on at the same time um i think in, i think i sort of remember back i think it was the book binding that came about first which was um again wanting to do something more than press a button, move a mouse and sit in front of my computer. And like so many of us, and I've listened to, you know, many of the the podcasts and people who, who, you know, sort of want to get their, um, their work off the hard drive, you know, where do those pixels really exist in reality? They're all, you know, sort of digital unless we (laughs) print them maybe. Um, And exhibitions are expensive, aren't they? If you want to put a body of work together. Framing is, um, you know, sort of a little bit extortionate if you put 
pr producing lots and lots of work. Um, so trying to think of different ways of presenting the work really. And I think at that time, I think John Blakemore was running a few courses yes. um, at the photo parlor in Nottingham and okay. people were yep. sort of tweeting, tweeting about it. And as soon as I kind of saw that, it's like, oh, now that sounds, oh, I really yeah. sort of want to learn a bit more. And it piqued my interest. I just never thought of potentially making a book of my own prior to that. Um, although I'd seen other people's beautifully handcrafted <laughs> sort of volumes, as it were. Um, so basically, I sort of went on one of those courses, um, sort of, I say, back 2016, um, and subsequent to it, which was fantastic, really learned a lot about specifically the sequencing side, actually, Absolutely, um, yeah. not necessarily the, the huge amounts of bookbinding skills, but subsequent to that, um, went and did a, a sort of one-on-one -on -one, um, class out in, uh, with a, a, a friend who runs a gallery out in North Wales at Tilt Shift Gallery, had oh. a one-on-one -on -one session um, out there. And then after that, just kind of self-taught, you know, YouTube videos, yeah. fantastic, other resources out there, um, <laughs> and just trial and error, really. And it was just um, a revelation in terms of, using my hands to yeah, create absolutely. something myself um and at the end of that tortuous process because yeah. it can be very tortuous to have that that object in your hand that you've you know sort of created yourself and that sense of satisfaction um so sort of almost kind of squaring the um, sort of circle in a way completing that process where you, you're out and it was at that time it was all photographing so as in digital camera so so you're going out into the landscape and everything's 3d isn't it in in the world yes, you know it's yep. all in a, a 3d um sort of format as it were but <laughs> by um sort of recording it um digitally and then if you even just make a print of it it's becoming a two you, you're representing it then in a 2d format yeah that's yep. even even if you're sort of printing your work but then to put it into a book format and specifically a sort of handcrafted book which can become maybe a, a little bit more like a you know an art object because there are different papers you can use and threads and um you know it becomes much more of a tactile object uh, yeah. different structures so you're kind of making that work then again into a 3d object so at that kind of 3d to 2d back into a 3D object really kind of appealed to me, really. Um, so, uh, so yeah, um, that, that sort of journey started in 2016 and just, you know, sort of caught the bug, um, loved the whole process in spite of the many frustrations which anybody <laughs> out there, I don't know, there's a lot <laughs> of us at the moment with lockdown and everything. A lot That's of people it. are sort of, you know, learning the process of, of making their own books. It can be a bit sweary at times, but so... <laughs> creative so many different you know processes that um, are involved in that and and it's not for everybody the handcrafted but the whole you know that the whole um sort of all of those processes the design the sequencing the thinking about it the the mock-up designs i just love it i just love yeah. that whole um process really have you made it i don't know whether you've made it yeah. yourself you've, yeah I've, you've... I've made a few i've not made any for a while to be perfectly honest it's a bit uh uh, I really, I've got a few projects I'd like to convert into books and I kind of just, I've got some ideas and I've got various uh, little contact images and wee paper structures that have been sitting around for far too long, to be honest. <laughs> uh, but as I, I find the process very therapeutic as well. It's it just, is. It's just very relaxing and, and, and unwinding and I don't mind if it yeah. takes me maybe like 
a few nights to make a box or something like that, just doing a bit every night, letting it properly dry the glue overnight and then doing the next process. And it is incredibly yeah. enjoyable. And as you say, it, it takes your images from 2D and even just a box of prints into something that's got form and structure and real tactile feel to it. Yeah. So, um, um, yeah, and I work, think it's work... just a real, you know, it's a whole sort of whole creative process that, yeah. as you're saying, you're completely immersed in potentially for, you know, months on end. The idea may come to you gradually. It's mine are never sort of fully formed um, mm -hmm projects to start with you just have yeah. a, an inkling of an idea a set of images maybe that you want to work with and then the thoughts come gradually generally on walks out on the beach you know something comes yeah. to you and as you say making up small you know maquettes or little you know just with full scat paper um you know different ideas of design and what have you and then gradually it sort of evolves and, and things get binned and then other things develop so it, it can be a long process but for, you know so immersive as you say a meditative yeah. and um yeah just yeah. it's uh, for, for me for me quite addicted to the whole process yeah, for me it's for me it's great having a series of work and doesn't need to be huge it could be nine or ten images and from that you then think it's the it's the idea and the thought process behind right okay how how is the best what is the best way to actually present these images a lot of people will naturally go to concertina maybe it's maybe it is maybe it isn't but it's quite nice to think yeah. of just alternative ways in terms of right how could this be done just maybe something slightly different that best presents yeah. the best presents the images and yeah it's just make up wee small structures and see how things work and then progress to something where you've got total control over printing out the images getting the layout getting the design all right um the only part i become nervous at is when i've got to cut or glue something because at that point <laughs> the gluing that, thing yeah it's it's, it's <laughs> jeopardy it's, at that point yeah and it's the same with cutting as well if you cut it in the wrong way or shape or form and you end up making yeah. it the wrong shape but 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 it's, it's all just it's all part of the fun and um, hopefully I'll maybe get a chance to do some making or make some yes, stuff over the next Yes, you must. You must um, get those little um, those maquettes that you've made, those little yeah, samples, that, get, them, get them into a proper book form. But I think that's the fascinating thing about, I mean, handmade, but just photo books generally in terms of, you mentioned there about structure and, and concertina bit, maybe being one of the more accessible um, sort of yep. structures that people can kind of hand make as it were. But in terms of some of the, you know, the best photo books, some of the ones that I particularly enjoy and the ones maybe that the most successful, I guess, in terms of, um, you know, sort of concept and design, it's where, where the concept mirrors the design the design mirrors the concept in some way and then there's yeah. layers of interpretation that are built into the not just the images and the sequencing but that materiality yeah. so you know that the binding maybe is you know sort of suitable and it may not be relevant to the subject but where it is it can really lend you know that extra level of sort of understanding and then can yeah. um, add I to the whole concept um yeah. and whether that's successful or not so i really you know sort of love um exploring those books where there is or there is you know evidence of that layered um undisplayed uh, yeah. um concept Absol as it were yeah absolutely and the whole like l a the, the, the physical elements, the feel, the paper choices and stuff like that. Obviously, yeah. when you're making it yourself, you've got far more control over that because you're maybe only making a small addition so you can pick unique papers, whereas when you're doing something that's maybe on mass, even a hundred copies, you've not got the ability yeah. to do so. But but yeah, it's it's great and it's fantastic to see more and more people 
producing absolute books yeah because then i sort of think back to 2016 a few a few people had started to sort of go down that route but then if you sort of compare now it's you know it's really wonderful but it's you know more accessible people are offering you know sort of courses um there's online um sort of uh online courses you can do people offering them in the flesh now thank goodness after after sort of covid and i think the whole lockdown thing um, and, you know, people wanting to, it gave people a chance, obviously, if they hadn't before, to review images or projects or series of work that maybe were, you know, were lent themselves to being presented in a book yeah. format. And as you say, certainly for The Handmade, you're not wanting 50 images in a book. It costs you a fortune in the Abs- in paper <laughs> and your time and what Absolutely. have you. So it does, they do lend themselves to be to the lesses. Um, you know the lesser number of um, yeah. sort of images in a series, really. So, but yeah, that that um, you mentioned about sort of the being in control element and the being in control, <laughs> obviously the papers, the design, and everything. That's probably why I've kind of kept to, to the handmade part, <laughs> rather than going down the route of actually I'll self-publish and do a you know small print run of you know fifty or a hundred or what have you. you. Know, lots of people are doing that these days. I've got quite a number of you know people's yes. books and they're wonderful, but I've never um sort of really been tempted, I guess, to go down that route. Maybe it's just like I want to do my um own thing in terms of the printing. I've got control of the yeah, colours. Absolutely. And, and also because I'm thinking more about that structure and maybe I'm kind of adding a few elements there. So it it must have been quite a change for you going from a series of handmade books to something that uh, you lose all or not all, but you lose control. Quite a bit of control, you and quite a bit of control. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that that's it must a total change from yeah, from 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 the the control and every single finer detail to something that uh, you're handing over the control to someone else. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And actually, I've, I've, um, sort of, you know, looking back on it now because we, we sort of started or the idea in terms of, you know, agreement and t- chatting to Greg yeah. and what have you, sort of started sort of September October time. So, you know, sort of nine or so months. Um, so looking back on that process now, although inherently I think I'm someone who, who sort of finds that stressful because it's just in your head even though nothing yeah. I've said there's no no disasters <laughs> nothing went you know really yeah. wrong yeah. but I think it's just the fact that you're not in control but you're handing over to somebody else happily yeah. to do happily you know sort of did that um and the book wouldn't have been made otherwise I, there's no way I would have self-published at all yes. um so I have to thank Greg for you know sort of in, having faith yeah. in the work and Absolutely. encouraging me and all that kind of stuff um but but yes that's sort of you know working with somebody else you know a publisher or you know however um, these things are produced very different to way the way i've been used to working um and um yeah looking back now actually sort of very enjoyable most of it but there's this inherent kind of underlying stress i think we're just like oh, how's it going to turn out I hope the pr- I knew with um, in terms of Cozy Books, you know, that reputation. I've got a number yep. of other books. The print quality, what you know, fantastic. I was always planning to go down and be, you know, sort of on site yes. on yep. press, as it were. And, and Greg's meticulous in, in that, so I knew there wouldn't be a problem. But you've just got this underlying, oh my gosh, yeah. how's it going to turn out? Because I'm not in control of it. But you know, he knows his job well. It's um, yeah. It's, well, that, that's uh, it. It's, fact, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, I'm really it's, happy with the with the print um, yeah. quality, wonderful, yeah. wonderful. And I wouldn't have, say, mentioned, I, I also sort of 
had that whole kind of self-doubt like we all do, I guess, in terms of thinking, well, you know, will there actually be any interest in this? I'm so used to doing um, very small editions of either just one or five or maximum yeah. 10 of my sort of handmade books. And, and I've been lucky that sometimes people have been interested in those and been able to you know, sort of sell them, which is great yep. um, and get the work out there, but you can never get it out to many people because it's such a, you know, very small Indeed. Limited run. edition that you're producing really. So nobody really sees them or very few people see them unless you're doing an open studios event or, or an exhibition or what have you. So, so the, you know, that sort of when um, Greg and I spoke about it, he was been interested in the work for a while, which was lovely. Um, it, you know, it's an opportunity. It was an opportunity for me to, to get the work out and be seen by, um, you know, more people than just five or ten who would have seen a, a handmade book, really. But there is always that, you know, well, for me, the, you know, that huge self-doubt. Oh, my gosh, will anybody be interested? You know, he's putting his faith in me. Will anyone apart from my mother and, you know, three of her <laughs> friends... <laughs> buy it yeah, really yeah, that, so, so there's it, that yeah. kind of inherent stress you know the whole of the time that you're involved in the process not just worrying about you know will I be happy with how it turned out yes I am but you know is anyone going to buy it so um, yeah there's all of that but it's a bit it's, it's been a you know really interesting process to hand over to, yep. to somebody else and 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 um, in terms of the sequencing I beforehand I made a conscious decision to actually hand it all over to Greg okay. and for him to cut and to, for him to come back and I wanted to see what he well, how his, he was interpreting the yeah, yeah, work. Absolutely. We'd obviously chatted about, you know, he knows what it's about. Um, but um, so we'd had sort of long chats as it were, but I was almost kind of stuck in a way, you know, too close to it all. Yep. Wasn't even sure whether it would work in book format because the the work which I know sort of ended up going on a bit of a tangent to start with ended up we talked about books but in terms of the the cyanotype work um they're all individually created pieces as it were so you know I'm yeah. coming back with a, you know a tangible print yes. created out on the beach um waves and and um seawater washing over the print so very immersive coming back home sometimes there's mixed media added gold leaf or wax or so I'm interpreting the landscape in, in many different ways with the cyanotype and other elements as well yep. but all of those every piece of work that's in the book bar maybe one or two are sort of individual pieces that were created to sort of you know either go in a frame on my wall or they're made for you know an art fair or an exhibition but they're kind of individually um, size pieces and I sort of I, I'm close to the work inevitably so I sort of know what size those are some are very small yes. some are much larger and I couldn't really in my mind kind of think well how is this going to be represented sort of in book formats so very different having a digital file really that you can sort of print at any size and it's not it doesn't start life at a particular size does it yes. when you've got a, a, a tangible print or you know an artwork or a painting or something you've made it at a certain size. So in my head, I could see ones that were really large and then these tiny ones, but then how to represent in book format, given the limitations of the size of the book that we yep. were going for. So it's not a huge size yes. book, yep. you know, the constraints of um, your publishing and budget yep. and all of that. So the pages are, you know, kind of A4-ish or even slightly um, sort of um, smaller than A4 in terms yep. of that height. Um, so, so I kind of couldn't really, it was difficult for me to see beyond 
the, some of the big pieces or the tiny pieces and how to represent that in book format. And we didn't want it to be like a catalogue of work either, as in put it in, in um, group by series. So there were certain... Yes. There was like sea bleed and tidal traces and yep. notes from a sandbank. So I'd kind of made these series within the whole body of body of work, and I could kind of see those. But I didn't want the book to yeah, um, just be did. that series, you know, a, a yep. succession of of small yes. series, really. Yep. Um, so so I was sort of stuck even before we, you know, we'd sort of agreed that we were going to go ahead with with the book, really. So I was happy in a way, just like, okay, Greg, just take it all, oh, and yeah. I want. And I want to see what you come back with. And then we sort of chatted about it, what have you. So it was really interesting to see how he saw the work. work. He'd obviously yeah. spoken to me about it. So it was a collaborative in that sense, as it were. But I was really happy to do that because I don't think the book would have got made otherwise. Um, yeah. I wouldn't have self-published. Yeah. I would have been stuck, I think. So. Yeah. To be honest, it's, it's a fantastic collection or collection of images, Marianthe. It's yeah, just be beautiful mm -hmm. images, and I think that the reproduction is is excellent in terms of bringing out all the tones and the colours, and they all work. They all work so well together. That that's the thing. It's so I suppose that it, yeah, it's it's an interesting challenge whereby there's there's a there's an element of consistency. Not okay, there are different tones, but it's all it's a similar it's a similar range. You're not working with such total variations from one photograph yeah. to another and um, but yeah i think i think it's great I, I like the way that the i suppose your mini series effectively have been have been mixed around and it's not just yeah i do think it, and then yeah, I think it sort of works yeah yeah, yeah. And, I, and i think um sort of when it when greg came back with the initial and we hardly changed it at all from his sort of um, initial, sequencing yeah. suggestion to start with um so, uh, and, I, and I was sort of concerned about, you know, it's all too much blue. Obviously, cyanotype is, is it, you know, the signature colour is blue, but, it, you know, and I knew that there were other colours in there because of the way I've um, yep. sort of um, experimented greatly with the chemical mix, means I can get other colours out of yes. the, the process, which has been exciting and, and, um, um, and sort of, you know, something I've um, sort of enjoyed doing and um, sort of important to me, really, not to, not to just... Um, follow what other people have done. I talked about inspirations in the book and, you know, other people have obviously worked with Cyanotype, other people have worked immersively in the landscape, doing different things. But I kind of wanted to, re it was really important over these past five or six years to add something of my own to to um, add to the process, to, yeah. to use the Cyanotype, to be out on the beach, but to mix up the chemicals in a different way, um, to get those cool. orange tones, to get you know, some purples and browns and, and um, different colours, which makes it exciting really, rather than just a lot of blue. But I was still concerned about um, you know, the sequencing and how, whether it would all just look a, a massive, a massive blueprints, basically. Um, but the way we sort of decided to sequence it, or Greg's suggestion, really, um, to have um, uh, sort of having spoken to him and then some of the words in there, and I yes. struggle with the words somewhat, but the words in there are meant to, whether anyone sort of picked up at all or not, but it's meant to kind of represent sort of higher spring tides in the first okay. part of the book where the tide is kind of rushing in and the blue is everywhere because that represents the sea. Um, yep. So the first part of the book is kind of, you know, the empty sand and some yellows and then a lot of blue, um, and that kind of sea rushing across the sand and, and maybe the images, you know, in an abstract way representing that. And then the latter half of the book, I think right in the centre, there's a full 
page spread, which is kind of like a bit of a wave. Yep. So going out from that wave, the idea was kind of, oh, flood tides or the very high tides, spring tides at the beginning of the book with all the blues and yep. um, taking up maybe virtually the whole page. And then at the back of the book, the sort of lower tides, which when I'm out on the sands, I'm seeing the sandbanks are exposed. I see yep. rocks exposed. So um so and maybe the, the meaning like all of these subtle things within books until you talk to um you know the photographer or the artist or the the designer or what have you some of these things are very subtle and and get missed but but just so that you know that there yeah. was some thinking there in terms of that these the, sort of you know blues at the beginning and then at the end meant to represent the the beach and yeah. what i see and what i feel out there on these lower tides really and introduce those different colors um but but yeah, it was a um, interesting, you know, sort of that whole kind of sequencing of backwards yeah. and forwards and how would it work for the size of book that we've got, basically. Yeah. You know, it's not a huge big. No. Yeah, it's 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 been well done. I, I like the way it's obviously as you say, some of the some of the, the the pieces you're producing are maybe only 13 centimeters by 13 centimeters. Some are Small. 30 by 30 centimeters. So it's 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 nice that actually there's there's the dimensions on it because it gives you it, it allows you to form yeah. a sense of scale in your in your head in terms of how how big they are, yeah. even though even though they're represented the same size on on the yeah. paper. Because um, yeah, we, yeah, we did we did sort of talk about that. Right? It was felt really important to put those those sizes of the image there because they are actual pieces. Yes, um, yeah that exist in real life as it were so it's important to put that down and then a little discrete the little kind of um most of them actually that the little um sort of subheading in terms of the conditions that the that was out yes. on the beach when when the um, right. i created the pieces or the first part of the process so that sort of felt important just to kind of um uh, you know set that scene a little bit more yeah. and to bring um, a little bit more to... life yeah. into the um, into the images, so that did feel important because the only other way of representing that is by physically on the page printing a very small image or printing a large image, and that wasn't going to work no. um, yeah. in terms of the size of book at yeah. all. So, so um, you know that I was sort of, you know we had a yeah. quite a discussion at one point about how to represent that really, and um, it, you know sort of Greg. I was like, oh, well, maybe I need some small ones, and then um, you know much larger. But it just wasn't going to work. So, yeah. so I print most of them, same but size, but to yeah. have the, the wording underneath really. Yeah, I think I think I think it works well. And when when you got to the point, did you have the full body of work completed, or once you'd sent it to Greg, were you still creating new pieces at that point, or did you? No, just I thought I would do actually, knowing right. what I'm like normally, and this kind of like, oh, nothing's ever quite good enough. There's always another image that you yeah. can create you or make yeah. or what have you. But I actually, I actually didn't. I was very. It's very good. Greg was probably very relieved. <laughs> right. So, so actually, all the um, the images that are uh, in the book, all of those sort of pieces. I, I think maybe one, maybe one was a. Um, it wasn't late. It was kind of a little bit last minute. Um, yeah. But aside from that, everything was, um, you know, basically created from cool. when I started the project and working in this sort of more immersive um, sort of tactile experimental yep. way sort of from 2017 2018 up until 2021 really um, I think there was maybe one that crept in there that was um, a little bit later but but otherwise yeah sort of um, 
from yeah. a, a period of time that um, yeah. wasn't needing to go out. I felt I wanted to go out and create new things because there's that thing in your mind where you think, oh, is it good to be good enough? But actually... Nice to um, step back. Nice to step back. From yeah. it. And do you think you, will you continue to create new work for this project in the series or do you think the book well, C Signatures maybe brings a bit more to closure? Yeah, a good question actually, because because certainly there is some you know there's definitely closure on on yes. a, a particular type of working with that process, but I don't think I I, I still feel compelled yep. to be out on that beach with the cyanotype paper, but it's being it's going in a slightly different direction okay. now. So I don't think I'm going to sort of you know it doesn't feel like it's it's being abandoned. I think yes. I'm just so um, enamoured with. The process, and we you know we talked about process right at the beginning, and having fallen out of love a little bit with the camera process, with yep. the digital workflow, as it were, and that that process having been so important to me for you know ten years, and that you know, behind the viewfinder and exclude everything else, and that immersive meditative thing that we all you know love so yep. much, and I'd you know I'd fallen out of love a little bit with it because I was stuck, um, and the camera was starting to feel as if it was, you know, a barrier between me and the landscape, and you know, all these reasons for for wanting to get more immersive with the cyanotype. So now I sort of feel in love with the the process of being out on the beach. Um, obviously place that I love but not with the camera this time with you know the huge sheets of paper and letting yep. the tide wash over and seeing how the chemicals react which is magical it's yeah. you know it's I can't describe to you the <laughs> you know sort of how magical it feels seeing an imprint of a wave which is di every wave is different and sand and sediment and the chemicals change very dramatically in the first half hour they can set and it takes 48 hours for, you, for your print to be fully realised. Um, and there are many frustrations along the way because you lose some of the colours and many trials and tribulations yes. trying to stop the process and can't stop it, but then other additions. So the process, um, in spite of its kind of frustrations and um, the, the, the sort of some of the so-called so failures, still hooks me, as it were. I still yeah. love that bit out on the, the beach. Buzz. But I maybe will be working with them in in different, different ways, ways, really. But but yeah. but I think that whole hands-on, that whole um, you know, linked in with the making of the books, that whole um, you know immersive process, making something with your own hands, having an object to yeah. handle at the end, whether yeah. it's a handmade book, whether it's a published book, whether it's a cyanotype print, whether it's a used to be a print off the computer, that having something to hold, you know, an object, a piece of art, if you, you know, if you want yeah. to call it that, or just something <laughs> is, yeah. um, is um, you know, sort of quite addictive, really. So, yeah, um, so that that will continue, and I think I'll continue with the cyanotypes for the foreseeable. <laughs> yeah, well, particularly when it's when it's such a connection and a passion to you as well, and and you're as you say, you're a stone's throw from the beach, so it's a great opportunity to go out. And yeah, as you say, you've maybe now got the opportunity to push it in different directions and and try something a wee bit different, knowing that you've you've got this body of work and actually see see where you can drive the process and, and keep evolving yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. It's been, that staying, I think the whole thing I've learned over, you know, all the, the years of, you know, using the camera, then medium format yeah. camera, and now this, is this, is this staying curious? 
that yes. that's important to any of us that are yep. out there trying to make work in whatever format we're using, you know, and all, all is good, all, you know, it's all valid stuff, um, whatever floats your boat, as it were, but that sort of staying curious and pushing a process maybe that you're really interested in and trying to do something maybe a yep. little bit different and something that then sparks an interest and, and the failures, which I keep sort of saying are not failures, um, because they, I've learned that they really aren't, are just ways of deciding, oh, actually, I don't really, that didn't work and I don't like it, so I therefore don't do that again. Or it um, revealed something that took me in a different direction. Yeah. So the fa so-called failures are always useful. Um, and, and take you off in different directions anyway so um yeah. so yeah pushing the process and staying curious is absolutely the, is the, and obviously the trick you, of it maybe yeah, that's it and you, you never you didn't quite step away for the handmade ones because you did do a small edition of 10 <gasps> wasn't it of your of your collect My goodness Goodness, you! I, you tell you what, I was I was regretting that at one stage in in right. February, I think, when I was sweating <laughs> over book nine or what have you. It, it, initially, that wasn't the plan at all. Right, initially, okay. when I spoke with Greg, it was like, okay, we'll do. You know, what should we do for the, um, you know, the special edition or print, and then um, collector's edition. I was initially thinking, well, I might, you know, I'll, I'll produce a print, and I'll hand embellish it, and yeah. I thought, actually, it was kind of almost like at the eleventh hour right before we sort of launched in um i think it was like new year's day so it was just before christmas and i was just thinking oh you know i so love the handmade and I some people that. you know sort of know that i love the handmade yep. and they've bought books in the past so that oh, is there some way i can incorporate something that's not going to be a complete trauma for me to to make so i just just went for it I said greg you know, I'm, I'm, i think i'm a bit mad but i'm I want to do, you know, a, yeah. a, for the collector's edition, I'd like to do a, and he's like, yeah, of course, I'm more than happy for you to, Absolutely. You to uh, do that, of course. Um, but uh, if it hadn't have been January, February time is quite a quiet time of year for me in terms of sort of work and yep. um, you know, art events, what have you. So if it hadn't have been at that time of year, I just wouldn't have had the time to, yes. to do that on top of, you know, liaising with, Greg and scanning yeah. the work and colour proofing and else, all, yeah. all the things that, that go um, on in terms of you know producing the, the hardback book yeah. um, so so it was kind of timing but I just uh, really wanted to produce to it, yeah. you know a small number for, for that collector's yeah. eye well the thing just, is as you, as you um, say, as you, yeah as you say people know of your love and your passion and your creation of the handmade book so it seems it seems like a very natural thing to do um, and yeah, it looks beautiful. And obviously, I think the whole series has been very popular with people. I've certainly seen it pop up in social media as people begin to get to grips with the get to grips with the book. It's a little bit of a relief to say to say the least when you get positive feedback. Yes. Oh no, is it going to go in the pile of not very good books? Yeah, <laughs> so, that, yeah. but I knew with you know I, I said I um. I have to say thank you to um, to Greg and Cozy Books for you know having the faith in the work and for encouraging me along the way at kind yeah. of you know the slight crises of confidence at certain points and kind of you know it is fine you know I wouldn't have asked you if I didn't think there was going to be some interest in the yes. work and holding my hand through the process sequencing it you know really yeah. well yep. printing it fantastically so um, and and many of those creative decisions in terms of obviously we're collaborating. But, you know, Greg has a real eye for, you know, yeah, the colour, yeah. the, 
you know, the, the, the cover design, you know, yeah, all of that. Color. I was just okaying stuff. Um, yeah, so. yeah. Well, that's it. You bet. You benefit from his experience of of producing mm. so many books, and uh, there's there's definite inherent value in in having that expertise along to just guide based on past experiences of what works, what doesn't work, and and, yeah. and in terms of size and scale, number of images and everything like that that all come into play in terms of just getting something that's, that's the that's a right balance between having maybe too few images or having too many images and. I think, it, yeah. I think it works really, really well. And yeah, a massive, massive fan of the work and really nice to see it in printed format because... Um, oh, that's yeah, really kind. Thank you. And it, that does mean a lot. It's it's some, uh, certainly a subject matter that given the individual scale of each, it, it is challenging to do. But uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's beautifully done. And I really like the cover. I think uh, yeah, the, the image selection for that just works really, really yes. nicely. Yeah, beautifully. yeah. Yeah, I'm very yeah, very very happy with the cover for sure. Obviously, you know, the yes. inside of the book as well. But that, yeah, I'm sort of yeah. certainly happy with that. And that, and they, that whole cover. I mean, I, I had an idea that I wanted that kind of wrap around um, yeah, image, but obviously nice. you know, the other um, aspects of the design, you know, all down to um, Greg yeah. really. Um, Excellent. And, uh, I think you know we felt like we sort of worked quite well together, and the process was was yeah. relatively smooth. You know, there was no um, you know sort of great traumas thank goodness um <laughs> you know no disasters along the way because these things you know oh, life absolutely. happens doesn't it yeah, I mean, it's indeed. a long process it's not like you um you know you're doing a, a sort of commercially produced book and you you turn it around in a month it, yep. you know it's it's a long drawn out process you know i had things going on he has things going on he's a very busy man there's many projects yep. um aside from his day-to-day -day business um so um so the whole process you know and i sort of look back now i think actually it was um it, it was, was good. Um, kind of enjoyable with the inherent stress yeah. <laughs> that I would feel anyway. I'm just that <laughs> sort of it. person. And and the and the having to relinquish total control. You're not just pressing. Yeah. You're not just pressing Command P on your own on your own computer to print something out. And if it doesn't Absolutely. look good, you just, you just feed another sheet of paper through and keep going until you get it right. Yeah. Um, but Absolutely. that's that's all. That's in part of the fun and and part of the experience as well. Um, I think from that yeah. perspective. But uh, you obviously yeah. you mentioned that you're a, you're a big fan of photo books in general. So I'm always uh, always very interested to hear what yes. uh, what yeah. the what the selection is. So yeah, I'll I'll hand over to you for. Okie dokie. Yes, I don't. So, so trying books. to pick a few. Uh, my my collection. We know you have you know the most <laughs> enormous um, probably yeah. a whole you know a separate house full of yeah, quite possibly. <laughs> books. I think you at some um, point maybe yes. Yeah. So I was um, sort of trying to pick uh, a few, but having listened to a lot of, of the podcasts, um, ones because I have books that you know people have mentioned you know many before. times before. So hopefully, sort of not re repeating oh, those. But um, sort of one um, in particular, probably one of the first ones I bought actually, um, which is uh, uh, Jane Fulton Alt. I think is a pronounce her name. Jean Jane Fulton Alt. It's called The Burn. Um, okay. She's an an American um, artist. Uh, photographer, um, I should say. Um, uh, uh, I think she just just uh, makes photographic images rather than sort of painting or mixed media. I think, um, and she produced um, sort of this book. So it's back in sort of twenty thirteen, something like that. And I'd seen it. I think Tim Parkin did a review of it on All right. um, on okay. landscape. So a whole load of us um, sort of bought uh, the book, and it's a a study of um, a controlled prairie burn. So um, so the images are. Um, really uh, sort of a mixture of um, sort of burnt trees, of ethereal smoke, um, yep. fire, um, 
really be very, very beautiful um, sort of images, very um, poetic, um, sort of quite um, ethereal, published by Kera, um, Kera Verlag, um, you sort of well-known um, German publisher, and in there, you know, so beautifully printed, yes, um, as lovely. you would expect, sort of yeah. from that publisher, as it were, sort of square format um, sort of images. But And I, I love the book anyway, um, just the, the images are, are beautiful, but also sort of quite poetic because there's kind of an underlying feeling of um, sort of life and death. Obviously, there's this burning of, of this sort of prairie area, which is done in a controlled way. So then regeneration sort of yep. after that. But I think... That, um, uh, the, the photographer's sister had sort of passed away from you. She'd lost her to sort of cancer fairly sort of, you know, around about that time or sort of recently just before the book was published. So it's all kind of interlinked with, you know, loss right. and, cool. and death and regeneration and all that kind of mm. stuff. So there's a kind of added layering, I guess, to the or poignancy to the, to the images. So yep. I love the book anyway, uh, sort of, you know, the images really sort of resonate, but also another reason for, for picking this, and I unfortunately don't have the handmade version, but she produced right. um, a beautiful handmade version that, that sat alongside oh, the, the, the commercial book as it were which I didn't realize until fairly recently having read an interview with her actually that um, the whole way that that publishing deal worked with Kara was that I sort of naively thought you know when I first started following you know people who made photo books that the publisher you know sort of paid for everything and yep. you know, that was the deal and you were just really lucky to kind of you know get that deal with the publisher but it in many cases, not the, the photographer, the artist is, you know, contributing a large that, proportion yes, through fundraising or grants right. or whatever. Right. Okay. Um, and this is probably before the days of pre-orders. But, yes. you know, sort of now a lot of people do the pre-orders to get the uh, the funds like, in to uh, then decide front, how yes. what print runs going to be. So. So basically, Jane had to um, sort of, you know, raise funds to, to have the main book um, right. printed, printed by by Kara. So the idea of the artist book, and it was sold, at, which is the reason I don't have it, you know, $1,800 or something for, for the artist book. So we're talking, you know, back in 2013, there was a market for not many people were producing, you know, those sorts of books. And books. also she's in yep. America, maybe there's um, a better market for Possibly, handmade books yes. over there. I'm not sure. Um so I think she made sort of 18 of them and they all sort of sold out. It was way beyond my budget, obviously. But I, but there is a page turning vis video of it on all Vimeo. Right. And all the right. book Very is good. actually, let me just grab, I don't know what I've got. I think it's called Between, it's called something slightly different. So the main book is called The Burn. And I think her artist book is called Between Fire and Smoke. So I think photobookstore.co.uk, you know, they post a lot of yes. videos, don't yeah, they, they do. on, yeah, online? They do page and I'm sure videos. it's on their, their Vimeo right. channel. So oh, there's cool. a page-turning um, sector of music, one. and it's absolutely beautiful. Um, not huge numbers of images. And what's revealed sort of when you open all these different pages is, a, is an encaustic piece that's embedded into the um, the back of the book, which cool. gave me, you know, which was a complete inspiration for me in terms of some of my work, you know, yeah. blatantly kind of nicked that idea yeah. really and kind of go, gosh, I love the fact that something's embedded in the book and kind of yes. 
um, you know, sort of experimented with, with that with a few of my cyanotype um, sort yep. of works. But but that was a real inspiration. Right, so, the, cool. so her mm-hmm. sort of commercial book itself, but but wow, the yeah, the, the artist the handmade, book, yeah, is, handmade versions. And that's not even you know, I haven't even held the thing, but just seeing it on on Vimeo was yeah, you know, you get a feel work, for it. wonderful, really. So Excellent. sort of wanted to mention that one, and then um, my second one is uh, uh, Paul Cupido. I think that's how you oh, pronounce yeah. his name. Yeah. Is that how he's a Dutch he's a Dutch photographer? Yeah. Um who's um I think he's produced a couple of books, maybe he has more a, than he's, two. he's done sure. he's done quite a I few. Have I have two of them. Yeah. Sorry, say again. I think he's done quite a few books. Yeah. And yep. I know I I've got two. The one I'm gonna uh, sort of mention is Mukai. M- oh my goodness, I'm I knew I'd pronounce it wrong. Mukai. It's not even written on the book. Mukayu. It's Japanese. You've been to Japan, so yeah, <laughs> you probably know how to pronounce it okay. better than I do. Um, Mukayu. And it's, um, oh, it's, I mean, it's a, a beautiful book which takes a lot of, um, a lot of looking at, a lot of returning to, I would say. And I, I do love those type of um, photo books where right. not everything is revealed in the first yes. pass, as it were. Yep. Um, and that you can go back to and sort of think, oh, actually, I'm just going to pick that up again. And you see something else. The work is quite abstract. Um, yep. They're kind of meditations on basically his journeys through Japan. I mean, the subject matter is not... Um, of a one particular um, subject, as it were. Yeah. So, um, so there's a wide variety of work, but the presentation of um, the images in the book and the structure of the book, again, I think there's a page-turning video on Vimeo yeah. for, for this book, and I think some of his others, because I'm going to kind of going to try and describe the structure and probably fail miserably for people um, sort of listening in. It's kind of created in like a W. All um, right. Yes. Sort of yeah. Okay, I'm, yep. I'm holding it up to you and now, but yes. uh, nobody else can see okay, it. So yep. it's almost like the sort of two, two books, books, two signatures, yeah. as it were, which are connected um, with a cover. And then those two books sort of fold in on themselves. But in terms of reading it, the, the interpretation of the images, you can interpret them in many, many different yeah, ways way because you, you can just open one side of the signature and look through the book or the other side or you can open them simultaneously and the combinations of images that you're seeing next to each other it's beautifully done I mean I can't can't sort of claim to understand necessarily all of the nuances there hence the reason for going back and back and back to it but the the, I think he's represented by a, um, a gallery in Amsterdam called Ibasho Gallery. You may, if you were yep. at Photo London, you may have seen yes, them yep. then. Yeah, they were there. Yep. Um, and that you know, wonderful work by other photographers as well. But I think Ibasho work in partnership with a publishing house in Paris. All right. Called the M M for Mother, the M editions. Yes, the so M all editions, of their yeah. book by by yeah. Paul. And various other artists, Japanese artists, I think they have under their kind of um, umbrella, as it were. And the books are just sublime. Um, Just even viewing them, you know, on on Tinternet, as it were, without holding them. I don't know you you may be aware of them. Um, But those, you know, those the thought processes that have gone into the papers, um, the structure, they're obviously working with, you know, designers and collaborating, uh, you know, people aren't making these by themselves. Um, so there's obviously a huge amount of work gone into them, but just um, beautiful, beautiful work. 
and beautiful, beautiful structure and you know, sort of layering of concept and ideas and what have you. So, so another what I say it is on it is on Vimeo, I believe. Yeah. But um, yeah. Um, so mm. that was my second one. Choice. Um, and then another one, just switching over, um, is uh, another one which sort of inspired me um, in terms of the structure, really, and kind of led me um, down a certain path in terms of uh, one of my own handmade books. It's a book by Paula McCartney, right? Um, and it's called A Field Guide to Snow and Ice. All right. And it's a kind of uh, a four sized but um, in landscape portrait in, in um, landscape orientation um, so it's that kind of size and it's a, a leporello binding a, an accordion all right nice binding which for the size of it and there's quite a few pages it, if you sort of were to open it out fully it does stretch out a long way and right, I've yeah. not actually sort of done that I think it's more of an installation piece if all you right, were to yes. open it out fully but as the kind of title suggests, so a field guide to snow and ice, and you would sort of imagine it's a lot of black and white images um, of mainly abstracts of what you would think at first glance were Arctic images, um, snowy abstracts, um, and uh, the, the, the sequencing and the placement is very clever um, in terms of the, the, the sort of, you know, the, the handling of the book and, and, the, and the sort of um, the yep. flow. But also what I sort of did find was clever and just added that, again, an extra layer that made me go back to look at the book again, rather than yeah. just looking at it a couple of times, put it on the shelf, um, was that actually the images are not necessarily all of snow and ice. She hadn't visited the Arctic or, you know, been up to, um, you know, those sort of really cold places. Some of them were sort of icy images, but others were actually not and were... Um, sometimes kind of plastic bags that were shaped in a certain way that right, yeah. photographed them. It, it looked Arctic-like, yes. or they were stalactites mm. that were um, calcite um, sort of uh, formations, but they looked exactly like icicles in terms of the way right. she's sort of photographed yes. them. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of quite interesting in terms of, you know, sort of how we interpret um, winter and ice and and the real, you know, what you're actually looking at in terms yeah. of... Yeah. Um, in terms of the book so I just found it sort of interesting in that level but in terms of the structure um and what inspired me to then um sort of recreate the, um something similar in a way in one of my own handmade books is that not all of the pages are the same size so I'm just sort of holding up to you all right now yes now some of yes. the pages are um sort of shorter than a four so that when you turn one page um you are uh, seeing a, a sort of foreshortened page, which reveals the page behind. So you're seeing textures from another page yeah. um, juxtaposed with the textures on, on the page that you're looking at, the main page, yeah. as it were. It's difficult mm. to describe. So basically it's that using the book as a, as a, a, gay, a, a gay kind of construct and um, uh, a way of presenting ideas and presenting textures and, and making another image out of, you know, sort of you would normally else. just be looking yes. at one image instead of turning the page and just look, seeing that separate image as a separate photograph and then page turning again, she's creating a new image by, um, or a new experience or a new set of textures by juxtaposing those yeah. foreshortened chop pages really, which it's I just found like, yeah. you know, really, it works really, really well. She does it quite um, uh, a number of times in, in this book and it's something I used in, in a book Fantastic. of um, 
my own. So it yeah. was, you know, just a really fantastic idea. I thought and worked really, really well. Good. Could be used in in different sort of formats, really. So that was um, that one. And then my final one, just to sort of keep this one very brief, it's actually not a photography book, nope, just because I am so in influenced by artists as well and printmakers and other visual artists so it's Barbara Ray who is a Scottish yep. artist painter printmaker and uh, her book um, which I think was produced by the Royal Academy of Arts tying in with an exhibition she did a few years back called the Northwest Passage, Passage. Um, cool. and I had been up to um, visited lucky enough to sort of visit the Arctic been up to um, sort of Greenland and my own sort of made by, you know, visual interpretations of that place. And this was just a completely different, colourful, vibrant, abstract way of interpreting that space, which can be very kind of black and white and, um, you know, blue yeah. ice, really. Yes. So it's just something completely different. And um, and, and her colour, her use of colour particularly is um, inspirational and strong lines and strong shapes, which just really sort of appeal. And, and I guess my... I'm very influenced by photographers over the years, but I'm very influenced also by artists, by printmakers, by artists I, you know, sort of know who live on the Wirral, by more famous artists who produce books such as Barbara Ray. Yep. So I think our, our influences in our own work, in our own visual creation, whatever that may be, are, are many and varied, aren't they? So, uh, uh, so I just wanted to yeah. throw that one in at the end as a as a um, absolutely sort of it's artist not, it's, I admire yeah. really. it's, it's not all just it's not just all photographers as you say it is artists we can take inspiration and ideas and and just mm. develop our own thought process through a, through a whole variety of work so yeah it's great to see a bit of a bit of variation in it as well but yeah some great book choices um, which I, I look forward to researching a wee bit more. It's always nice to to see a few different books um, because, as you say, it's like some of the books I've got are the, the structure of them is, is is equally interesting and appealing as actually yeah. the body of work inside it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's great from that. It's great from that point. Yeah. I mean, there's some people who are doing some really quite interesting stuff that uh, yeah. is quite... quite and, and when that works well... You know, it's not kind of do it. Uh, feel like it shouldn't be just for the sake of it that you're, yes. you know, sort of adding something on just because, or just because you can do it, just because yep. it seems like a good idea. I think if it supports the narrative, if it supports the concept, if it adds layers, yeah. layer of meaning, then it's how wonderful! Work. And you've got the budget to do that, That's you know, it, because yeah. obviously it's all, you know, linked in with you know, it's your publisher wanting to go down that route. It handmade, obviously, you can to a certain extent, um, yep. you know, sort of experiment more. But in terms of, um, you know, commercial publishing, there's not that, you know, no. those options are more limited, really. So when you do come across something which is, um, you know, interesting in that regard, then, um, and it yeah. works well, it's wonderful, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, yeah, it's quite nice when you see a publisher who's trying something just that wee bit different, just stepping mm. out from the norm, because, uh, yeah, you don't see too many doing it, but uh, there are ones out there, and I think when you get it right, it works really well, and just some nice paper choices from people, uh, from some publishers that just are a wee bit finer, just slightly different, um, and yeah, yeah just, uh, you remember the small details when you've got a few books, you remember ones that just stand out a wee bit for you for whatever the reason that is. So 
yeah, yeah it's, you it's, certainly it's... must find that you know in terms of you know, obviously your collection is very large but i bet there'll be ones that you you know that you're drawn back to because yeah. of some of those elements to do with yeah. as you say you know the paper choice or or the construction and it may not be a great big hardback book that's you know Precisely. cost yeah you know tens of thousands of pounds to to produce it could yeah. be something that's yeah, yeah it's, it's just, just you know hit the mark in terms of um that, a small element of design yeah that's it absolutely and and you do you remember small wee details you remember ones which are particularly particularly well printed particularly good paper choices that relate yeah. to the images as well yeah um, and just and even just wee small tactile details that you you notice and that you remember um, yeah. which yeah which is what it's all about but um, but on that note Marianne it's been an absolute pleasure uh, chatting to you about uh, about all things book related and um, well we <laughs> talked uh, well we talked briefly I think about sea signatures it, it's been wonderful to talk about handmade self or published the, the, the full spectrum um, and just to yeah. hear how, how passionate you are about it and how much you enjoy this part of, as part of your work process because yeah. um, I certainly it, think it more, is. I think more and more people are are looking at even self-publishing but making books themselves even if it's just a copy for themselves of their own work so it's absolutely uh, it's, i think it's i think it's just a fantastic thing that more and more people are finding you yes. know this genre of of you know of what of, you know way of working and, and you know that uh, the specifically you know photo books artist books whatever you want to call them yeah um, you know small self-published zines handmade whatever it may be it's so accessible now isn't it which is absolutely. which is fantastic yeah so yeah. so th thank you again for you my know, pleasure inviting me and, I, I knew i'd enjoy chatting to you about books yeah, <laughs> forget well, the c signatures thing let's just yeah, chat about books that, generally yeah, I, th I think that's what some people quite enjoy doing is just chatting about books in general and, and trying to <laughs> and, and if their own books thrown in then good measure but uh, yeah well, exactly yeah, move on from that now <laughs> yeah that's it but no yeah it's been wonderful chatting to you Marianne, and yeah thank you very much for your time it's been a pleasure you're welcome